Welcome to the Offshore Accountant Podcast. I'm Nick Sinclair and this is the go-to podcast if you're an accountant and looking to set up and build a high-performing offshore team for your accounting firm. Here you can learn how to complement your local efforts, grow capacity and deliver more to clients than ever before. Hear from experts who have done it already. Let's go. I'm Caroline Antonio, manager at Ashford's Campus, and you're listening to the Offshore Accounting Podcast. Caroline, give us an overview of Ashford's, the team structure, both locally, offshore, um, number of team members and roles, and how long have, um, has your team been with you? Yeah, sure. So Ashford's is a 10-partner firm um, and we, uh, we're located in the southeast Melbourne suburbs. Um, we service clients in, in accounting, uh, tax and compliance, bookkeeping, audit, wealth department and self-managed super funds as well. Um, we have a team of approximately 50 here in Melbourne, our local team, um, and our, our offshore team. So we started with two in, in super division about three years ago. We now have a team of 13 across four different uh, business divisions. So four in super, seven in business services, one in financial planning and one in bookkeeping. And I guess on average, they've been with us for about a year and a half to two years on average. Excellent. So does Ashford's deal with a niche or are you more of a generalist type of firm? Yeah, we, we, we don't really have a, a specific sort of industry niche. Um, we're more sort of generalists. We have a range of clients, I guess, ranging from manufacturing to wholesaling, building and construction, retail. So quite a diverse sort of range of services we, we offer. Um, and with the, the various services we offer are the bookkeeping, audit, super funds and we aim to provide our clients with a full range of services. Excellent. So tell us a little bit about the story of setting up your offshore team. What were the motivations behind Ashford's going down this path as opposed to all the other priorities that a firm would have? Sure. So I think um, as a firm, we, we really wanted to be innovative and ahead of the game. We were quite aware of where the accounting industry was heading and disruption that they say is happening and what was happening to the industry. So I think our first move was to look at moving into the cloud and, and having a cloud software and our accounts being being in the cloud and, and working towards a cloud-based business. And I, came, I guess with that came the opportunities to, to be able to offshore. Our focus was able was that we were able to better service our clients and being able to focus more on business advisory side of business and being able to provide them the team the onshore with the sorry being able to provide the team that's onshore with the ability to be more client facing. So being able to offshore the data entry, the processing part of the work, this has given us our accountants um, the opportunity to grow the firm and provide them addition and provide additional services to our clients. Excellent. So how did you go about getting set up? Obviously 50 people locally, so you've got to get the messaging through them, but how did you go finding us as a partner, the recruiting, the onboarding? What was the process you took and how long did it take to get this new um, global office up and running? Yeah, sure. Look, the process began a few years ago and probably a bit before I got involved in, in managing the offshore team. Um, but we had previously outsourced to a BPO in India for our super funds. Uh, it wasn't um, the, a great experience. We had we had some issues with time zones, language, qual, uh, culture and the quality of the work that we were getting. 
Um, as a result of this experience, we, we bought everything back in-house and produced everything 100% locally for a while. Uh, in the background, though, we'd, we'd heard about some great experiences and success from other firms. We're having you um, utilising the Philippines as an outsource option. So on the face of it, a Philippines option was appeared to address many of the issues that forced us away from outsourcing in the first place. So things like the time zone were very similar to Australia. The language didn't appear to be an issue for us and the staff were highly educated. Um, so we sought some further information and assistance from the, our industry and decided um, to investigate further by going on an outsourcing tour, which was organised by Mike's Manila Tours, um, which happened, I think that was back in July 2015. So this was a great way to, to go about it as it meant we were able to visit a number of different businesses in Manila and Clark and across a number of different industries and not only going just to accounting BPOs, but also different uh, businesses that specialised in telemarketing, data mining, legal services, and uh, even a, a car restoration business operating out of the Clark Free, Freeport zone. The tour sort of gave us a really good idea about what we were looking for in an outsourcing partner. Most important to us was the internal culture, how they created this, how they treated their staff, and how happy the staff were, which is often reflected in things like turnover. So I think we chose TOA as our preferred partner on this basis. Upon returning to Australia proposal was put to our board whereby we really we would trial outsourcing in our super and bookkeeping businesses via TOA's office in Clark. Um, and this was subsequently approved and the partnership between TOA and Ashford's was established. I think in late July in 2000, we started the recruitment process for two super members and one bookkeeping staff member. TOA took care of all the recruitment and we interviewed about eight candidates all via Skype. And then from there, our ideal candidates were quickly identified and engaged and all three of them out to Australia. They were in our office within a month and worked and trained in our offices for about three weeks with our team members here. So this was really a great way because it enabled our Australian team to, to recognise who our Philippines team were as individuals and eliminated some of the fear of their own jobs being under threat. For our TOA team as well, it, it helped them feel part of the organisation and, um, and from that a lot of some great friendships were, were formed. Excellent. So for someone looking to set up an offshore team, what advice would you give them to move as quickly as possible? What would be the three most critical things you would spend time on? Yeah, for sure. Look, my advice would be to, to get over there um, and see it for yourself. Um, I think that's really critical to, to spend time over there. Um, and I guess, you know, some things to that are really critical to um, getting the most out of it is is the first one I'd, I'd have to say is the processes and procedures. This is really critical to ensure that you have processes and procedures put in place before deciding to set up offshore um, because they are very process driven over in the Philippines and, and I think that's a really big one um, that I can't emphasize enough on. Um, the second one probably be training. I would recommend that you know you head over there first um, or bring them over here um, and to try and provide that face-to-face -face training I think that's important on the on a first instance and I think it's important to build the rapport with your team um, with your offshore team and, and build the trust there and probably uh, another thing would be the planning and the management of it all um, you know adequately sort of planning and managing the process is essential both with your local team and the team you build offshore I think you have to be clear on the priorities and your reasons for building your 
offshore team to ensure that you you have buy-in from all. Yeah, some fantastic advice there. And I know, do you want to just explain a little bit about your role, Caroline, because you've joined Ashford's when they had the team up and running and your role has changed over the years to now be responsible for the overall team. Do you want to just explain a little bit, um, because yours is one of the, the few firms that actually have someone really allocated to, to managing this. I know that you've still got your, what I call your day job, but do you want to just explain a little bit about how your role works um, and what the importance is for Ashford's to have that, that role? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I brought, was brought on to sort of take on this role in in just oh, about December last year, and um, the main reason was just to try and align our team. I think we were growing a big offshore team. As I said, we've we've got thirteen over in the Philippines, and in different divisions. So we had a, a you know a, a POC sort of for everybody in each division. We really needed to align the whole. Um, the whole team. So my aim is was mainly to kind of bring a management perspective on it. And um, you know, each month I I meet with the local POCs here, and um, you know, we just discuss different issues and what's working for them. And you know, we this we're constantly learning. I think um, what's working for us, and you know, types of communications and things like that. So that's really where my jobs come in is to try and, and really build build our team over there and really make it a strong team. Excellent. I know that. Look, it's for, from our point of view, it's been a great thing as particularly with a growing business and a growing offshore team to have that point of contact that looks at the whole picture, um, particularly when you've yeah. got so many Australian champions involved with managing their teams over there, having someone yeah. responsible and linking it all together because sometimes it can be done different ways and I know that we've certainly seen um, and, and love working with you guys and particularly in that role that you have. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about the value that Offshore Team provides, but if you had a word or a phrase to describe the value that the Offshore Team provides Ashford's, what would that be? Uh, the best way to describe the value is that they're helping, I guess, us to create value for our clients, um, you know, through increased services rather than just looking at it as reduced costs. I think um, this process has really allowed this to happen and, and it's it's all about creating value for our clients. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. So you've obviously um, been managing this team. You would have heard plenty of perceptions about offshoring, but what are the main things that you've heard and what surprised you the most? Yeah, look... The main perceptions that I that I sort of see about the or hear and and have come across about um, offshoring is that you know it's oh well you're sort of you know taking away Australian jobs um, and that's really sort of surprised me and the the reason why it has surprised me is because I think since we've we started offshoring three years ago our our firm has grown um, both locally and offshore and that's really interesting so I think you know since offering um, offshoring our local team, our team in Australia here has probably grown by about 20%. So yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And this is one of the big things that we commonly, um, the perception is that it will take jobs away, but pretty much 95% of our clients are growing their local team as well as their global team. Um, yeah, and it's something that we regularly collect statistics from you and our clients to, to find out to see if that is a common trend. So the year ahead, what is the plan for your offshore team? How do you plan to keep growing um, your team, their capability and ultimately their performance? Yeah, look, at the beginning of the year, we, um, I guess we, we set some dates um, for the year ahead. So um, for our team members um, here in Australia to, to go over to the Philippines and, and basically just to work alongside our team there and to provide some training as well. So um, 
what we're doing is we, we're constantly training our team members and, and you know, just we're growing our business divisions here. So I think the plan is to just continue to grow, train and develop our offshore team for the future um, to be able to move in, in line with our growth here. Excellent. So some recommendations for listeners. What are some of the things that you would recommend they do in managing an offshore team? I think my, my biggest one, again, would be to, to, go, to get over there. So definitely do get yourself over there. Get to know your team members. Get to know the culture, um, what motivates and drives them. And even send your team your team members from here over there and, and bring them to you so that you can get to know, they get to know your onshore team. Um, I think also managing the communication. So I think that's one we're still slowly trying to, to improve on. But I think I... I talk to my team members every day via Skype and it's really just a, a five minute say hi, see how you're going, um, you know, what they've got on for the day and it's it's very similar to what I do here with my team and so I think making them feel part of the team is really important and managing that relationship. Um, and probably another thing would be to definitely is do quarterly performance reviews. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, firms do it with their on with their local teams, so I, I definitely recommend that you do it for, with your with your um, offshore team as well, um, because it's really something that uh, something that I put it probably did back in in December and um, when I was there, and I provided them with like an employee sort of survey to fill out, and then following that, I, I set up one on one meetings to discuss their responses, and look, it was a really interesting exercise, and I learnt so much about the team and what was really important to them, and got a lot out of that. And I think that last one's a really important one because what we find with a lot of firms that are starting the journey is they don't have this structure even back in their local offices. We're putting in place a performance review and it's also really mapping out where your team member wants to go with their career in a longer term point of view so that you can make sure that's aligned to what your obviously plans are for them. Um, and I know that you implemented, I know that you're getting good results out of it. And we're also seeing even other firms are starting to do the employee NPS scoring. Um, so we've got firms that do that locally, but they don't do it with a global team. So they're starting to include that. So, you know, I highly recommend for anyone looking at um, going down this journey, or if you are doing this journey, you're already going down this journey and you're not doing that, don't just wait for an annual performance review that we facilitate. You really need yeah. to build out development plans for each of your team members that's really going to set the scene for where you expect them to be and where they want to be as well. Definitely. So, Caroline, if we're talking about um, measuring the team for success, what KPIs do you use to measure the success of your offshore team? Yeah, so what we do is, um, I guess for all the jobs that we do, um, we set budgeted hours. Um, so that's probably one of the main sort of KPIs that we measure against, um, seeing how efficient we can prepare the jobs um, based on the allocated time of the jobs. And I guess that flows on to um, sort of the revenue per employee. So we track how much revenue is being gener generated per employee um, and I think this is a quick way of being able to see the value which is being contributed per team member and probably the sort of another KPI that we do is, is productivity and write-offs and I think those two kind of be have to be reviewed together um, and they're probably the, the main sort of measures for success that we look at. Yeah, excellent. Now, how has offshoring benefited your clients? Look, I think the biggest benefit has been um, a, that we've been able to provide additional service to our clients um, through our, our internal bookkeeping services probably um, one of the, the, the best ways that I can describe that and that's been um, 
only recently put on as a service to our client. So definitely, you know, being able to provide us the ability to be more client facing, going out to see clients um, rather than being stuck in the office and crunching numbers. I think that's been a huge benefit to our clients as well. Excellent. Now, how has offshoring contributed to giving you more time personally and has it given um, you and the team at Ashford's more work-life balance? Yeah, look, I think it's it's allowed us to be able to redirect our time towards providing sort of more value added services to our clients from, um, I guess, even from a manager point of view here, it's being able to go out to see clients a lot more um, and not being stuck in the office. Um, and then me personally, I mean, I'm still able to work from home um, because I, I still have that ability to, you know, to contact them via Skype and everything like that. Excellent. Now, has offshoring um, had a positive effect on the average hourly rate for the firm? Or if you don't measure that, obviously the, the profitability to the firm? Yeah, look, definitely on profit to the firm, I guess. Um, this is one we're probably always trying to improve on. And um, I guess we are increasing our service offerings to new and existing clients, but at a lower cost. Um, so yeah, definitely on in terms of profit to the firm, yes. Okay, so I'm going to ask you some personal questions here. So what one bit of advice would you give your younger self from a business point of view? Yeah, look, from a, a business point of view, I guess um, that I, I the advice I'd give is that, you know, failures or setbacks are just sort of stepping stones to success and that you sort of need to learn from your mistakes. And I feel that you have to make the mistakes in order to improve. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So one bit of advice that you would give your younger self from a personal point of view? But probably from personal point would be to always sort of try new things. Um, don't hold back on opportunities and don't be afraid, I guess, to fail. Excellent. Now, what is the biggest myth or objection you've heard about having an offshore team and is it true? Yeah, I guess um, the biggest myth and, or objection has been, you know, that offshoring is taking Australian jobs. Um, and I definitely don't think that is the case. Um, we continue here at Ashford's to hire graduates and undergraduates. Um, and I think it just means we we can get them into sort of the high end of work at an earlier stage, getting them out to meet clients um, rather than having them being stuck in the office data processing. I think they gain a lot, a whole lot more by experience experiencing visiting client premises and things like that. So um, definitely, I think that's that's a big myth. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And we see a real direct correlation with our um, clients' onshore teams growing at a faster rate um, through the levels that they would in a business as opposed to the old traditional way of, you know, make the coffee for two years and get promoted <laughs> to be a manager and all you do is get piled up with more work. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. for someone looking to grow their business or their team, what What's the best piece of advice that you've heard that you would recommend um, someone to go and do? Yeah, look, I think the, the best piece of advice that I could um, advise on is is managing the growth um, is really important. I think when you're growing the business, that's really, really important to, to have somebody to sort of, um, whether it's a dedicated person to manage the growth and to really plan for the future growth. I think that's really, really important. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that, I mean, you, your Ashford's is definitely an industry leader and an early adopter. And I think the, the bringing you on into that role was, has been so critical to the success and, and the future success of the team. 
team. And I think a lot more businesses really need to consider when they are building a, a large global team, who's actually going to manage that. It can't just be business as usual and pile on another, you know, group of team members now that you have to manage because it is a, another office with another team. So, you exactly. know, I highly, yeah. Yeah, I highly recommend that. So we're going to finish off with a quick five questions about Ashford. So what cloud software does your firm traditionally use? Yeah, zero. Excellent. Yeah. What's your favourite app? Uh, this is probably not a not a business app. Um, I, I I love the my Fitbit app. I guess um, I'm constantly sort of just tracking my steps, workouts, and and food logs and stuff like that. And it always makes me accountable. Yeah, yeah no, I love it. I love that app. So, what is your must read each week? Okay, so this is probably the typical accountant of me. Um, definitely, I. I must read um, the Scott Pape weekly report from the Barefoot Investor. Um, that's just a sort of share trading report that I read each week. <laughs> yeah, good read. Alrighty, <laughs> favourite social media channel? Um, big fan of Facebook and Instagram, um, but I love to follow sort of the fitness pages for inspiration for my morning workouts on Instagram. Excellent. And the favourite KPI for the firm? Look, I think probably for this one would be um, the average average revenue that we're generating per client. Um, I think uh, growing revenue from your current clients is really important, and I think this is achieved through providing sort of more services and 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 um, you know f sort of a, a premier full servicing business to them, and um, and that's what we're trying to do. And and we're keeping keeping track of that is really good to know what you're getting from your existing clients. Yeah, it's a great KPI and too many businesses don't know that number. So, you know, it's a good one. So we'll put your contact details um, for our listeners in the show notes. So if anyone wants to reach out to you. So thank you for your time today, Caroline. There was lots of valuable insights there for all of our listeners. So really appreciate you taking the time to have a chat to us today. Thank you. Thank you very much. To follow our podcast and get insights from leading accountants, simply visit theoutsourcedaccountant.com or visit iTunes or SourCloud and head to the Offshore Accountant Podcast. To connect with me personally, just look for my Twitter handle at Nick Sinclair or find me on LinkedIn at Nick Sinclair. Thanks and have a great day.